y dos. Y dos. Una. Y dos. Y dos. Hello and welcome to Cortez NYC Livestream, the podcast. This show broadcasts twice a week out of New York City. We are your hosts, Cortez NYC. And Carla de Puerto Rico. And on the show, we talk about art, creativity, city life. From a Latino perspective, I'm a visual artist. And I'm a singer. And this is episode 24, The Crew. As always, you can find us on iTunes, Stitcher, Podbean, and also on social media, on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and Tumblr. It's not that easy when it's live, huh? No, it's not. <laughs> Yo, so uh, this is a live episode. We're going to be doing just a few, a 20 minute clip here, Art Life. I'm going to be doing a little black book drawing and we're going to be talking about crews. Um, we figured we'd give it a shot uh, to record a live episode, the audio. So you guys are here, part of this yes. live episode <laughs> while I'm drawing and talking about the crews that I, and what the crews that I'm a part of, the graffiti crews, and also what it's like to have a crew and to paint with a crew and what's the whole point of having a crew. Right. Uh, Carla's in the chat. She's reading the chat, so she'll be able to yeah. read your comments and uh, she'll chime in here and there. I'm looking in. I'm in. Give me one second. All right. <laughs> <laughs> Trying to figure this out. But uh, this is an experiment, so we're going to see how this goes. So I'm going to talk about the crews that I'm down with, um, five primary crews, A3, HD, BL, GWB, and OTM. Those are my peoples. I keep my crew tight. Um, the A3 crew is my crew. Consists of Breed, Mears, Music, Nova, Mr. Dad, T-Rex. HD crew is from Puerto Rico. Um, started with Bad Six. Those homies are Mr. Dad, Shaq, Gabs, Grow, Astro, Angurria, Poteleche, Wilgum. BL crew is uh, from Spain. Uh, that's Core, Rezo, who's the leader, Astro, Mare 165. GWB crew, that's Nova's crew. Uh, Tesk, Prox, Viper, J, Nova. And OTM crew, that's Mirza's crew. That's Zimad, C, Dingo, Rast. This is a long list, so get ready. <laughs> Topaz, Germs, Bloom, Damian Mitchell. Shefla, Caldea, Crime, Shine, Remix, Tense, Sloke, Brinks, Python, Demer, and Cast. Wow. A lot of people on that crew. A OTM lot crew. of people. <laughs> <laughs> All right. But, um, but yeah, so just giving the homies a shout out. So what I'm going to do, I'm just going to sketch a little bit while I talk about it. Um, I'm going to do just quick letters for each crew, and uh, we'll talk about this. So let's start with A3 crew. When it started? A3 Crew started back in the 90s. Um, it started like in 93. And it was uh, basically all about art is what I started the crew as. Um, it was my way of kind of organizing my friends into one common cause, which was let's uplift art. Mm -hmm. um, I started it with my cousin in Florida, actually. Uh, that was where the idea came from. Um, I was living down in Florida at the time, and I was like, yeah, you know, I should start my own crew, whatever. You know, I had started an another crew in high school, but END, but it wasn't really anything big. But uh, I figured I would start something that was a little more artistic, more like what I was trying to represent. Yeah. So um, 
So we started A3 Crew. And when I came back to New York that summer, I, uh, I started you know, re recruiting my friends and I started saying, yo, let's start throwing up A3. Um, and in the beginning it was Greed, uh, my boy Este, um, another homeboy, Egro. Uh, and we were just really big into like doing art exhibits and doing walls and pr full productions, things like that. When you find that you have people that share interests in what you have an interest in, let's say, bringing more art into graffiti, taking it to a higher level, mm -hmm. um, you need that backup, you need that support to kind of help you to uh, get more done. You know, right. if you're gonna do a full production, you try to try to find what everybody's specialty is, you know, what, what are they good at? Yeah. Um, in when I first started, I was more, I was much better at characters. So that that's where I, I started in, um, I would do more, when we would do a production, I would focus more on the characters and I would do my lettering, but I would kind of do it a little more animated while my friends were doing more traditional lettering. Um, and that kind of helped to make the wall look more interesting. Mm -hmm. um, and I guess also it's like a support group yeah. for, you <laughs> yeah. know? Yeah, it is. In, in everything that has to do... I mean, in my case, yes. changing the topic a no little bit. No problem. This, this is, <laughs> hey, this is a freestyle right here. This is all live and free. Go ahead. Go for it. Um, I have my crew of friends. What? They're my best friends since high school. Okay. And in high school, I don't know why, they called us the La Fantasticas or the Fantastics. The Fantastics? Yeah. So, I don't know, in a That's way... That's a crew, a crew of Puerto Rican girls called the Fantastics. La, yeah, Las Fantásticas. No te equivoques. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, I don't know, in a way, I feel like if we define what a crew is, right? It's like a group of people that share, say, maybe experiences or things they like, things that they do that are very similar. Yeah. And in a way, it can help you as, as a support. Like if you maybe need more inspiration to, your, let's say, your letters or your productions and stuff like that, your crew can help you to maybe uh, pick up a theme or colors or things like that, right? True. If you're venturing into graffiti, you, you're not even sure why you're doing it. Uh huh. And I guess when you say support group, yeah, it's people that are that have the same common interest and they're trying to help you to promote the thing that you want to promote. Right. You teach each other things, right? You learn from each other. Right. That's another another big reason. But yeah, so so that was A3 Crew. That was, I mean, we're still around. We all still peace. We also do our thing. Um, I guess it'll be around until till we're dead. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds real dark, but <laughs> I guess we'll be around until we're dead. But um, but that's my that's my boys. Um, but all of us know how to piece and do characters. So Mears, Nova, T-Rex, Jay Music is crazy with the characters, but he also does great lettering. Mr. Dad from Puerto Rico. Greed has experimented with characters. He's not, he's known for his lettering, but mm -hmm. he's, he's, uh, he's experimented with characters. But um, I think that's always been a primary thing for me, like for my crew is trying to find people that could do lettering and also do characters. I think that was a, a signature thing. Like I wanted to always know that uh, if we do walls and, and we represent the crew, that it would be all of us with the ability to do characters, to do some sort of background, some sort of elements that that it doesn't feel like just, you know, pieces, lettering, and that's it. Um, because there were so many crews that were doing that when I was coming up that I didn't see the reason to, to do the same thing. Mm -hmm. So I didn't want to repeat that. So people on the chat, 
let me know if you can hear me and just let us know um jp is here wow jp yeah it says thank you for doing this <laughs> All right. twisted creations 11 says we can hear you okay Yay. thank you do you guys have any crews maybe that you want to shout out just let us know in the comments and we can definitely shout it out <laughs> all right so let's move on to hd crew okay so tell us a little bit about the hd crew well <laughs> um hd crew was the invention of bad six from puerto rico bad six is on instagram as mtn colors caribbean he they also have a, a an instagram page uh hd coalition hd crew stands for highly defiant um hustle destroy haciendo dinero <laughs> <laughs> all types of names um and hd crew is is started in puerto rico it's, it's like i said bad six also mr dad um gabs shack grow astro uh, like Poteleche. I know that they have connections in the Dominican Republic, so they also have homies in, in DR. Uh -huh. um, I think I've had really good crew experiences with them. Even though in the past few years I haven't been able to, I have not been able to travel and paint with them, but I do have really good memories of traveling with them to Dominican Republic, to Ecuador, to uh, to Spain, even yeah. you know, and painting with them, it was really the crew traveling thing that really resonates. The idea of being able to to unite with them, you know, across seas, taking a flight somewhere, and actually going and doing something with them somewhere else, away from right from home base. Yeah. Um, the crew is a mixed bag, <laughs> <laughs> um, a mixed bag of talent. Some of them are more about characters. Some of them have more lettering ability. Um, some of them are a little more bombers. You know, uh -huh. they like to bomb. They like to do that kind of thing. And uh, others are more like street art. Street, exactly. Others right? are more street art and more into uh, like mural, mm -hmm. you know, full mural kind of thing. If you guys haven't checked it out, check it out, HD Coalition. That's like I said, that's their Instagram. In the graph tours, if you go to youtube.com, Cortez NYC graph tour, you'll see the stuff that we've done. I think the, Rep the Dominican Republic was one of the best graph tours with them. Where yeah. we really, we really got to paint and bond and everything. That was really good. I think that's it. <laughs> <laughs> we painted a lot in Puerto Rico and La Perla. Like that's a big location where we painted a lot. And Rio Piedras. Rio Piedras. I always Piedras. remember that video from you um, when you went to Puerto Rico and you went by the Avenida Universidad over there, by the university, the UPR. Oh yeah. And you did a. Uh, it was like your logo. In, oh, a, yeah, yeah, yeah. in a wall it was in a like in a bar right. around there yeah with the puerto rican flag uh-huh yeah so the menace the menace is in the house oh boy he said yes life yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um i am 777 gunny cortez for press <laughs> what kind of pen is that homie this is a paper mate. Um, yeah, and somebody said, I think he's using a paper mate. <laughs> yeah. Um, I think one of the things that I'll point out about HD Crew is um, we met actually through YouTube, which is a funny way to meet a crew, but uh, that was back in 2006-ish, 2007. And, you know, I, I met 
I met Bad Six through YouTube. I took a trip down there to Puerto Rico, and we we hit it off. You know, we became friends, and then I, that's when we just kind of stayed in touch and continued to make more plans to do more walls. I think Bad is a good organizer. He, uh, if you check out his page, uh, like I said, MTN Colors Caribbean. He's a good organizer. He knows how to put together, you know, different graph projects, walls, things like that. He also sells um, Montana on Puerto Rico, in Puerto Rico on the island. Um, and I think that's, that's one of the big connections for him to do his thing. I think one of the things to be said about having crews that are overseas or, or away from home is you got to try to stay in touch. And yeah, that, that's the yeah. hard part, I guess, right? You can have a crew for, that's long distance, but you still have to try to make an effort to stay in touch, and that's the hard part. Of course. All right, so that's HD. HD crew. All right, moving on. Let's move on to BL crew. This is going to be a quick one because it's only a B and an L, and it has a very easy letters. <laughs> well, before that, uh, I think this is Sheen's underscore one. Yeah. It says, Cortez, who are your top five black book? black book artist on instagram top five would be my crew gwb crew <laughs> <laughs> tesk prox that's two viper that's three <laughs> jay that's four nova that's five and cortez nyc <laughs> yeah. all right so let's move on to bl crew okay so bl what do you know about bl crew bloodline what and I mean, if I'm if I'm correct, um, that's the crew with Russell from Spain. Yeah. Yes. Okay, I got it. So, actually, Russell Russell is a graffiti writer and tattoo artist from Spain. He has a tattoo shop uh, down in Barcelona. Um, I heard that he did some renovations. So, if you guys are by in Barcelona, uh, go and follow Bloodline, and Bloodline is the name of the tattoo shop, and his whole um, work is there in at Bloodline on Instagram and Facebook. Yeah, so B Bo Crew is Russell's crew. It stands for Bloodline. Bloodline. He explained to me Bloodline is uh, a tattoo term that. I think it has to do with uh, getting fine lines, something like that. That you do a you do a cut line with just a little bit of ink, and it gives you a finer, softer line, or something like that. Um, so, but he, you know, we call it BL Crew, mm -hmm. and uh, like I said, BL Crew is Core, uh, Reso, Astro, and Mer One Six Five. Mer One Six Five. They have a website actually. I believe they have a website, Bloodline website oh, okay. yeah um i remember i think it was mer that was reaching out for me to to uh send pictures to be part of the, the website but um Rezo, like we said he's a tattoo artist he's he's a tattoo artist which is he's very impressive as a tattoo artist he's got great skills as a tattoo artist yeah um i think if i ever finally get the nerve to get my tattoo i'm probably gonna <laughs> do it out in spain and have him do it but um he on the walls he is a great l graffiti letter guy he's his lettering is really good if you check out his his uh what was what's his instagram bloodline 
That's his Instagram? Yeah, I'm okay. pretty sure that is it. Yeah, so if you check out his Instagram, you'll see his graph pieces. Like, his lettering is really good. He's, he understands the traditional way of, of rocking letters. Um, he gives it his own little kind of, like, tattoo flair, but but it's it's still... You can tell that it's traditional, which is, was impressive. When I met him out in Spain, uh, when I took a tour out there, um, you know, we connected right away. He's a great guy. But also, I was impressed with his ambition. Um... He was so ambitious to to show his art and to uh, and to represent graffiti. Like mm-hmm. <laughs> he was really into it, and I think that that's what made me want to be a part of his crew. So that's Reso, and and also from the crew, like Astro's a nut. When I met Astro, he was crazy. <laughs> he was such a character. Shout out to Astro, but he's he's another homie out there in Spain. Um, JP said, "Could you rock at JP?" <laughs> <laughs> JP, the crew. Yeah, <laughs> the crew. Well, he's a whole crew with his whole, whole camera yeah, exactly. and lining all the lenses. <laughs> he's always ready. Yeah, the drones, true. everything. Exactly. All right, so that's BL. Bloodline. All right, two more to go. Next crew is GWB crew. As I said, GWB is made up of the best black book artists in the world. <laughs> <laughs> They are the best black book artists. The best of the, the best. best. No, GWB crew is a crew made up by Nover. Nover started that crew. Yeah, so I met Nover through Twitter, actually. We connected to Twitter and eventually through Instagram, Facebook, all the other things. And uh, he's, he says that he first heard of me through YouTube. Um, and Nover has been on the, on the podcast. Yeah. We had him in a previous episode um, where we talked about black books, black books and black book artists. Um, but like I said, I was very honored to be a part of his crew. Um, I felt that it was impressive that he was so into black books that to finally meet somebody that was as much into black books as I, you know, have been in the past. So I was like, yo, this guy's so much into it, man. There's something really to it. I got to keep it up. (laughs) Um, but, uh, I mean, if you look up the guys, I would say, you know, Tesk, Prox, Viper, Jade, you know, myself. Viper's style is crazy. If you guys want to see something really out of the ordinary, Viper has a really interesting lettering style. Uh, you guys know Nover stuff. Nover is known for his uh, characters. He's a Marvel enthusiast. Mm-hmm. He uh, he really does some killer Marvel characters. The Black Book artistry that is shown in the crew and, and the respect for it and the following, you know, I mean, freaking Nover and I mean, everybody in the crew has a decent following, you know, but Nover has a killer following. Yeah. And and it's well deserved because he really has represented himself authentically for a long time, never flinching, pushing himself, always showing respect also to others and, and to the graffiti game. Yeah. All aspects of the graffiti game. And that's the kind of crew that, you know, when I when I see somebody that starts a crew like that, that motivates me to want to represent it because um, I don't I don't really I mean, I've, I've been down with a lot of different crews over the years. And the only ones that I really stick to are the ones that kind of ring true to me and to my personality. And maybe that's another reason. I guess that's another topic, right, for why you represent certain crews and why you need a crew is that identity. You identify with these people. Uh-huh. Um, you know, and I definitely identify with the crews that I represent. Um, we have that common interest or that common philosophy, let's say, for Yeah, graffiti. I think it goes, it goes more in depth because it's more like okay we can like same things but are we 
as disciplined? Are we as devoted? Are, as are we as committed right. to continue to work in whatever we said? I guess that that's what makes a a crew stronger. Yeah. And and keep it together and coming together and all this. Yeah, I mean, along the years, I've met people who've put me down with their crews, and I never see them again. Right. And I'm like, okay, that's great. I'm glad that I'm down with your crew. But if I don't see you again, we don't even stay in touch. I don't really see that your path is following the same path that I'm following. Mm -hmm. You know, it's going to fizzle out. After a while, you're just going to be like, all right, cool. If you want to go back into the 80s, you know, crews were also about protection. You know, when they were more like street gang type of mentality. Um, especially, I mean, you know, the way I grew up in the, in the Latin community, you know, a crew was like a gang. Uh, some of the first crews that I got down with, my boys D.O.G. from back in the day, T.A. Seven. Um, these were crews that were more like gangish. You know, it wasn't so much art. It was more about just bombing, throwing up your tags, representing. And if there was beef, you know, rolling up on somebody. And that's how I got introduced to crews. Um, but I think that fades away. You know, as you get older, yeah, that can fade away, especially nowadays i don't know if that's really the definition of a crew anymore i don't think people look for crews for that um for that kind of support i think nowadays crews are more philosophical mm -hmm. i think you nailed it with that mm -hmm. you know that's true all right gwb that's a nice one for gwb i like this one this one came out pretty cool wow. i was able to concentrate <laughs> i was like you guys you guys let me concentrate which is good <laughs> all right uh well the double designs. What? Guillotine cuts. The apparition. Alright, shout out to GWB. We're gonna continue now into OTM crew. OTM. Last crew on this list. OTM crew. Let me do a funky one for the OTM. Uh, well, see. just wanna give some shout outs to Fusion 418. Um, JP, JP, Guillotine Cuts, Tagelo, Double D Designs, Double, Snake Nine. What? Thank you for joining. Okay, so. OTM, so let's OTM, talk. yeah. Let's talk OTM. OTM crew is Mears's crew. I don't know if you guys are familiar with Mears. If you guys know who Mears is, say hell yeah in the chat. Um, but Mears one is the founder of Five Points. What was Five Points? Um, Mears is an old friend of mine. He is somebody that I know since back in the 90s. Much respect to him. He is somebody who I have so much respect for that when he talked about starting the OTM crew, I was surprised because I was like, wow, you're really going to start a crew right now? Like you have so much other stuff going on in your life. Why would you start a crew? Um, it took me a little while to kind of warm up to the idea because I was like, well, you know, I don't know how long this is going to last. I don't know how serious he is about it. Let me give it a little time and see how it takes off and how he really how does he want to represent OTM? You know what I mean? That, I think that's another part of having a crew, and I, that's maybe a subject for the podcast. Um, a crew is judged by its leader. Yeah. Who is the leader of the crew? And I think that sets the tone for the, the identity of the whole crew. The rest of the crew back it up and support it and sometimes outshine the leader, mm -hmm. uh, maybe in talent and things like that. I mean, 
I'll be honest, like some of the things that my boys and my crew do, like Greed knocks it out the park every time with his lettering. Mears is insane. Nover, his black book, sometimes I'm like trying to just keep up. <laughs> Cousin T-Rex is incredible all around as an artist. Um, and, you know, Mr. Dad in Puerto Rico. He has his, his own flavor. Mr. Dad is an authentic, mm-hmm. homegrown graph artist. He reminds me of the ambition and the drive and the rawness that I had when I first started. But if it could be done now, like mm. he, he's... Um, in his style and his in his attitude towards it um and then jay jay is he's crazy jay's crazy jay's techniques are crazy i would never attempt to put myself up against jay for what it is that he does um you know so i think a crew can be can a, the crew can outshine the leader in in certain aspects but i think the leader sets the tone and i think that's when we talk about otm uh, mirrors it's a brand new crew in the sense that it doesn't have 10 years of a history you know what i mean mm-hmm. um but it's it's up to the leader to set a tone for what does otm really stand for and what i see mirrors doing with otm he's he's putting together a, a long list <laughs> <laughs> but he's putting together some really authentic graph writers people that he feels he respects people that some people that he knows for a long time, but then other people that I can see that he doesn't know for that long, but has a lot of respect for. Right. Um, I think because we all understand Mears' vision, it gives definition to his crew. It, it kind of um, starts to paint a picture of what you can expect when you, when you hear of that crew. And, and if we all get together to do a wall, what it would probably look like. Mm-hmm. Um, Mears' talent, you know, aside from all the you know stuff that he's done you know with five points and all that mirrors his talent is is his characters he's got he's got his light bulb character and that's his signature but he also does character he does amazing characters he renders really well he's got a great imagination his creativity is insane like he if you if you told me and you told mirrors to go to a wall and paint a fucking daisy or a sunflower you know we would both draw totally different things you know what I mean? Mears' imagination is out there. It's just, it's unexpected. You know, he's always going to bring you something that's different. He's going to, his sense of humor is off the hook. <laughs> yeah. And it shows in his art, in his graffiti yeah, art. You know, true. OTM is a crew that has a sense of humor, but it has heart and it has history because a lot of the writers that, like I said, are in it are also kind of veterans, you know, people that are, are seasoned. Um, and, and it's got skill, man. I mean, a lot of the people that I mentioned, um, I'll just go through the list again real quick. You know, you got Mir, Zimad, CTF, Dingo, Rast, Topaz, Germs, Plume, Damian Mitchell, Shepla, Caldea, Crime, Shine, Remix, Tense, Sloke. Sloke is crazy. Sloke, I, I just got to know Sloke's work and, and to meet him person in the last few years, and Sloke is insane. Brinks, Python, Demer, Cast. Um, you know, you have a really mixed bag of artists there. And I think what Mears is doing there, Mears is playing a game there where he's assembling a variety of, of talent and he's just letting it happen. And it's up to us to realize what is OTM, you know? And I'm curious. I'm, I'm, I'm glad to be a part of it. Much respect to Mears and everybody down with the crew. And I'm looking forward to seeing what does OTM represent in the next 15 years, you know? What is it going to look like in 15 years? 
Um, and I hope that Mir's, I'm sure he will, but I hope that we manage to organize an, an opportunity for all of us to paint together. That would be crazy. It would be crazy. Or at least a majority of the crew to paint together. That would be crazy. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that's OTM crew. And OTM crew stands for On The Move. Nice. And uh, it, was, it started On The Move, but then Mir's told me a good definition OTM the other day and I it stuck with me I was like wow that's totally mirrors he, he said uh, orchestrating the madness <laughs> and that's totally mirrors orchestrating the madness yeah. right <laughs> isn't that mirrors that's totally mirrors or- orchestrating the madness I laughed I was yeah. like yo that's awesome yeah um, so yeah so that's mirrors crew oh just to go back one step if I didn't mention a GWB Nova's crew it stands for graffiti writers block Graffiti Writer's Block. I gave it the nickname uh, Gangsta with Books or Gangsta with the Black Books, but it's Graffiti Writer's Block. All right, so this is the last one here. OTM. Shout out to the homie Mears. I actually, um, I actually texted the homies a little while earlier. I was like, yo, guys, give me a quick roll call of the latest members. And Mears gave me this freaking long list. I was like, cool. <laughs> like thank you <laughs> thank you Mears. thank you thank you for the list um nova also gave me back a quick list but nova's like yo we keep it tight we keep it tight we got you know we got six people and that's that's good enough you know um all right so this is otm so shout out to otm gwb bl hd and my crew a3 and uh for the homies there uh Guillotine, D-Double, thanks for participating in the podcast. D, you're on top right now, man. Your, <laughs> your episode is up there, man. You're famous, man. <laughs> um, Gillo, a lot of fun having you on the show. You and uh, Spax and, and Audible. Audible, Lecture, and The Apparition. And the Apparition, so much fun having you guys here. It's always fun with you guys. Um, like I said, JP... We gotta, we gotta connect soon. Yeah. And maybe, hey JP, maybe we could do an episode with you, man. Ooh, that would be good. Hey, JP, you gotta be on the JP podcast. JP was the the one for videography. No, we could do a part two, professional videography. There you go. Yo, JP. JP. You gotta be on the podcast, <laughs> homie. We could do it via uh, Google Hangouts. Google Hangout. El JP has to be on the podcast. <laughs> The apparition says cheers with beers emojis. Fusion <laughs> uh, 418 says that's very awesome. Yeah, we all gotta meet up. Kilo uh, Team Cut says heard it the other day, sounded dope. Um, and we have a lot of points. Oh, too many hearts. Ah, <laughs> oh, so many hearts. Thank you for the hearts. That's for Carla. <laughs> Don't give me no damn hearts. Give me beers, give me beers. If you're doing good, it doesn't have any color. It's just a color. It's just a color. It's And it's not live. Back in the studio. <laughs> Alright, so what are we doing for Culture Talk? Let's go. We are reviewing the movie East Side Sushi. Yes, East Side Sushi. 
Uh, so Eastside Sushi, we chose this movie because it's a movie we saw. I came across it on some website, a movie website, and I was like, oh, this, this got me curious. The little poster and the title got me curious. I didn't know what the subject was going to be about, and all of a sudden I was pleasantly surprised. The subject is interesting. It hits home. It's not a perfect movie. It's a small independent movie. Yeah. Um, but it does hit home. I think a lot of the points in the movie are things that resonate with a lot of Latin Americans. Uh-huh. From, even if you're not specifically Mexican. Yeah, um, no, it presents a lot of traditions and um, uh, mentalities, like things that people think about that are in general in all Latino families. Yeah, I, I think the title also, uh, East Side Sushi, I wasn't sure what to make of that, but even the title kind of describes it perfectly if you know what they're talking about. So East Side as in Los Angeles, the east side of Los Angeles, which is known as the Latin side, uh, mm-hmm. East Los, uh-huh. <laughs> and sushi. So east side sushi. So it's basically uh, telling the story of the mix, the cultural mix of Mexican and Japanese in Los Angeles uh, through this character of Juana. Um, I think this goes back into some of the episodes that we talked about where we had fusion foods and all those kind of things. Yep, yep. So I think that's why also it rings it rings true to what's happening right now in the culture, in American culture and pop culture. Yeah. Even in the food. And the movie's about a chef, uh, but it's it's uh, it's also food. It's a foodie. It's a foodie movie in a sense, right? It's mm-hmm. a family movie. It's a foodie movie. It's a cultural movie. Yeah. All right. So I'm going to read you guys from IMDb. So Eastside Sushi, 2014. I have it here as a drama. Uh, it's it's a long movie. It's an hour and forty six minutes. I, I it's pretty long. Yeah, it's pretty long. I mean, you like we said, the movie's not perfect, so you do start to feel it mm-hmm. towards towards the middle. You start to go, okay, where's this going? Yeah, yeah. Um, but it does end well. It ends. It ends the last. I would say the last fifteen minutes of it kind of pay off for everything that the movie goes through. Uh, the director is Anthony Lucero. He's also the writer. This is his his first credited full length movie in imdb so yeah that explains exactly that makes sense yeah it explains why this movie is not as polished as it could be um i think for a first project shit if this was my first movie i'd be very proud Mm -hmm. because it's not perfect but it's not bad at all it's very good it's entertaining this is the third time i've seen it and it still holds up it's good yeah it's a good movie yeah Um, All right, so I'm going to read you guys a summary real quick. We're going to try to... I know these reviews are difficult. (laughs) (laughs) But uh, I'm glad that if you guys are enjoying these movie reviews that we do on the podcast, I'm glad that you guys are enjoying it. We enjoy doing it. It's a challenge. It is a challenge. It's a challenge. And please let us know if you understand what we're talking about. (laughs) (laughs) It is a challenge because um, to summarize the movie and also to say what we think about it. But here we go. All right. So... um, the summary is on IMDb for Eastside Sushi. The summary is single mom Juana can slice and dice anything with great speed and precision. After working at a fruit vending cart for years, she decides to take a job at a local Japanese restaurant. Intrigued by the food, she learns to make a multitude of sushi on her own. Eventually, she attempts to become a sushi chef, but is unable to become this because she is the wrong race and gender. Okay. Against all odds, she embraces on a journey of self-discovery, determined not to let anyone stop her from achieving her dream. This tells the whole fucking plot. Yeah, you see, <laughs> we don't have to summarize it. Thank you, thank you. 
Wow, that told the whole freaking plot. Yeah. That what was the other movie? Even we just the spoilers did? and everything. We did a movie previously that. Um, like water for chocolate, but it said nothing. It said like five a yeah. sentence. It was like yeah, two yeah. sentences. Oh, this this is a good summary. Okay, so that summary pretty much lays it all out. Basically, uh, we'll give you our summary. It's a Mexican American woman. Mm-hmm. Mm, seems like she's more Mexican because her fa- her father is only Spanish speaking. Yeah. And her daughter is the English speaker. Yeah. So she's Juana. She's is, like in the middle. She's in the middle. So she's a single mom. She's got a daughter. She lives with her father. They they have like a multitude of jobs. Yeah, like a, the dad. I think he worked like in a factory or something like that. Yeah. Then uh, he they had like a car where they would sell fruits a in food the street. Cart. Yep, exactly. Um. Yeah. And, and then and then she basically ends up. Uh, out of out of sheer necessity looking for work she ends up being curious about this japanese restaurant that is hiring and she ends up going on this adventure to learn about herself and to learn about sushi and learn about japanese culture and along the way as it says in the imdb description (laughs) she goes against some walls of uh traditions uh, and tradition and and, uh patriarchy and uh even racism yeah you know uh, a a racism wall so, but she ends up overcoming all these things at the end, which is great. All right, so let's go through the plot or some of the scenes step by step. This is where you guys are going to lose us or some of you guys might actually be entertained. So let's go. <laughs> um, so I will say right out the gate, the movie starts off with a daily routine. You see a single mother working, packing the produce. Uh, early in the morning, she wakes up even before the daughter goes to school. They're up early. She's uh-huh. carrying her daughter around everywhere she's going. Uh, her daughter's asleep everywhere she just lays her down and keeps working and basically she's doing all this packing of produce and preparing her cart early in the morning before anybody's even up um any of this of the language that you hear is spanish yeah i I noticed that right out the gate that if you are tuning into that movie right up front you would think that the whole movie is going to be in spanish Uh which it isn't it's bilingual but a majority of it has a lot of Spanish speaking. It has subtitles, no matter what, wherever you find the copy. We found our copy on Prime. Amazon uh, Prime. Amazon Prime. But, you, you know, I'm sure you can find it online somewhere. But so it starts off with this typical routine. Uh, they also intercut a lot of Mexican workers preparing food, uh, cutting fruits, uh, watermelon, pineapple. Then the father shows that he has ideas of how to, like, cut back on the price of things he's just trying to make a buck yeah he's just trying to get the money he yeah. just want to get money for the family and she's showing that she cares about it she's like but why are, why are we taking cutting corners why you know she's she's worried about what the food's going to taste like uh-huh. even though it's just fruit but uh you can tell right at the gate they established that she's more concerned about the food and the aesthetic than just selling and making money yeah for me at the beginning um like the first i don't know 15 minutes of the movie it looked like under the same moon that like that movie it has the same tone yeah where you think it's gonna be like a a story of a hard worker single immigrant mother in the united states in los angeles trying to make a living trying to provide for her daughter and father um so i think that the mood at the beginning was very serious very dramatic very like documentary yeah so i was <laughs> like where is this going i don't understand where is the sushi but it but it takes a turn as soon as she the sushi yeah, begins yeah, to develop yeah, that's course. when the movie takes a turn uh-huh. all right so continue in the beginning um spoilers exactly, so that's why. spoilers she gets robbed <laughs> um 
the you know there's a at the streetcar she gets uh, ambushed by two guys and they take the, her money and and then uh you know oh my god i got robbed whatever blah blah her father's like kind of like he's sympathetic but he's not he's like ah oh, whatever like it's just uh-huh. another day we'll just go somewhere else she the she's disappointed obviously she doesn't want to do that anymore it shows how dangerous it can be to be a street vendor then frustrated isolated on her lunch break, I guess, or whatever, or after work, she walks over and she passes the, the sushi place that has a help wanted sign. She goes in and she's like, hey, I'm looking for the position if, if it's available. And she's welcomed by the Asian lady, the Japanese lady. I guess she's the owner or whatever. Yeah. And uh, and she welcomes her and she says, uh, she's like very hesitant, but she's like, all right, come through. No, and she, and she tells her like a lot of stuff to try to scare her like, Oh, but in order to work here, you have to carry yeah. a 50 pound, uh, what was it, like a casserole with water. And she was like, yeah, I can do that. Oh, but then you also have to clean the dishes and do all this. And she was like, yeah, yeah, I can do it. And then she asked her, oh, do you want to start tomorrow? And Juana says, yes. Then her, she talks to her father shortly before that. And she tells her father, they have a conversation in Spanish. Um, which is always refreshing when they start speaking Spanish. For some reason, and I think you pointed it out, the actress is better in Spanish than in English. Yeah, in English, is super... Stiff. She's like... Exactly. And that she's following the script, and it's like she's she wants to make sure that her pronunciation is right, that her acting is not that good, I yeah. feel. Um, but so she talks to her father. She has a quick conversation. The father's like, what the fuck? Why are you applying to a sushi place? And she's like, I want to work there. And he, she says, I'm working at the, what restaurant? He sa- she says, Osaka is the name of the restaurant, which is a, a, a city in Japan. And then he says, Ochata, <laughs> like a Mexican word. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, and he's like, why don't you work in a taqueria instead? The, you know, which is hilarious. I think that's a really funny yeah, commentary. The- The father, they put him at the beginning like a very proud Mexican. And yeah. in a way, you you feel like he doesn't even care about her or about her safety because he keep, keep keeps pushing the idea of going back to sell fruits, of going back and having a car without thinking about what she went through, that she was robbed and actually the guys, they had a gun and everything. So at, at that point, I was like, are you really like, do you really care about her or you just want to get the money and that's it? yeah yeah they, they do that they paint him that way yeah the at the beginning but yeah. then it change spoilers he has a heart of gold <laughs> all right anyway so continuing on she gets hired her first day of work she's in the sushi place the sushi restaurant the osaka restaurant she goes into the kitchen but she's hired kitchen only that's the first wall that she hits is that that racism of like it's a japanese restaurant no Even though there are Mexicans working in the kitchen, that's where they will stay. They'll stay in the kitchen. They're not allowed to be seen outside in yeah. front in the in the main room. They want to keep an authentic, a quote unquote authenticity to the Japanese restaurant. Um, and when she goes to the back, she gets hit with another wall, which is all men mm-hmm. uh, working in the back. Uh, you got Victor, Billy and Aki. Aki is the main, the second main character who is the head chef, the head sushi chef at that restaurant now i'm yeah. saying chef <laughs> <laughs> the head sushi chef um so right at the gate one of the guys says hola mi amor and he starts talking about he says it in spanish hola mi amor and then he starts saying like oh finally we got some eye candy or whatever something to look at <laughs> and it's like obviously it's very sexist but she's not afraid she's like yeah. i'm here i'm here to work i don't care i'm used to this i'll deal with it which is pretty cool it's interesting yeah um They say, what's your name? They call her Juana. 
Joanna, 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 and then he says, no, no, Juana, Juana. They go right into work. They get real busy. And for at first they had her basically to just clean and and yeah she was like um, washing the dishes and then they need help to prep stuff so the heads uh, um, Aki Aki he tells her oh can you help me and start cutting this and she start cutting and because she has worked in the kitchen before and she keeps herself educated in in cooking and in kitchen stuff everything related to with food um she does so well that he's impressed and then he tells her oh you can stay in the kitchen tomorrow and the, for the rest of the day yep. actually preparing food and food not prep. just cleaning yeah so she quickly graduates to food prep um because of her knife skills aki quickly invites her to come early the next day Yeah. He tells her, hey, why don't you come early tomorrow if you're not doing anything? Come early. And, uh, and he invites her to show her how to buy fish. Uh-huh. Uh, he starts speaking to her in Spanish early in the morning. He says, buenos dias and some whatever. And she's like, oh, wow, you speak Spanish. And he's like, yeah, I, I work in a lot of kitchens. There's a lot of Spanish speakers in kitchens. So I had to I, learn to I communicate to with them. Exactly. Yeah. And that's an interesting That's an interesting point of this character. Right out the gate, they, they paint Aki in an interesting light because he's a Japanese traditional sushi chef. But he's also understanding uh, the multiculturalism of Los Angeles, and it it shows that he's he's the, he's not there to discriminate. He's there to work. Yeah. Just like her. Yeah. Uh, for me, at this point, the the tone in the movie changed from a very serious tone to a more light, um, hopeful, and like um, uh, even exciting. Yeah. For her. Yeah. For the new role, um, being in a new kitchen with new people and getting to know how to prepare that food that it was completely, she, she, she didn't know anything about. Yeah, it, w it went from some sort of dark thing about immigration into more of a thing about almost like the karate kid. Like you're going to learn, you're going to exactly. train, you're going to, and it's, like it's an inspiring the underdog. movie. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, it's cool. It, uh, it starts to take a good turn. So mm -hmm. quickly they, uh, they have another scene where... All the restaurant uh, employees, they have a, a, what do they call it? Staff lunch. Yeah. And they have sushi. And Juana, I don't know how, she doesn't really know about sushi. But all of a sudden, Aki has to show her how to eat good sushi. Because it's the first time in that lunch that she will eat fresh sushi. She, she said she only ate sushi from the supermarket. Right. And she eats it and she goes, wow, that's amazing. And she's horrible with the chopsticks. But... She goes home that night and she starts to study how to use the chopsticks and she starts to study cooking books. Yeah. And it shows that she is really determined. Uh -huh. um, she's just somebody who's around the clock studying her craft, which is good. Mm -hmm. The next day, Aki, the head chef, teaches Juana how to cut thin slices of cucumber. Um, he says this is very important and this plays a role later in the movie. Yeah. Um, this is foreshadowing that he looks at her knife as she's slicing the thin slices of cucumber and he judges her knife and he says okay this knife will do but you should really try to graduate to a better knife and, and that also foreshadows something that happens later juana in the restaurant not only learns about their food but also their traditions a sushi chef can only be a male yes and and then you have to be respectful of your area of work because you are a sushi a sushi chef or you're working with Japanese food. Also the traditions of um, using the chapstick, 
eating with wasabi and soy sauce and the whole thing about taking the, the food uh do, doing the little mixture and then put it into the food and eating it so yeah, yeah. And, and you can see the difference when she's eating with these people the staff mm-hmm. at the restaurant versus when she's eating with her family at home the attitude is different the the vocalization of everybody, the way everybody talks to each other is different. Yeah. And you can tell that even the sense of humor is different. Yeah. Um, which is interesting. That's a good thing that they show there. Um, so she, they have other scenes following where she starts to study Japanese through the menu. She starts looking at the menu that they have in the restaurant. And at night, she's reading the menu and she's trying to pronounce all the words. Then she starts to study. She wants to learn how to do sticky rice. She's curious about it. When she first tried the rice in the restaurant, she said, oh, but this tastes like in a in a weird way or different. And then they told her, oh, you make it with vinegar. Yeah. And then the day after that, then they, they teach her how to actually make it. Yeah. Which is a whole different process from making just regular rice. So, yeah, that, that I mean, those points are interesting for Latin culture. They did a good. Uh-huh. I think they did a good job there. Yeah. I, I remember growing up saying, you know, uh, our rice is one way, but then when you get Chinese rice from the Chinese restaurant, it's no salt, it's cooked uh-huh. differently. And also Japanese rice Japanese has its own totally way of different. being. Yeah, it's different. Um, so then they have a scene where she brings home sushi for her father and her daughter from the restaurant. She brings home some sushi and they're like, what is that? The daughter gets into it. She eats some of it. She tries it. The father's like, I don't know about that. Yeah. I got some tacos in the fridge. The way they put the daughter to try the sushi was like so, oh my God, really? Because they, she she didn't like, um, it was... Like a little monkey. Like she have never <laughs> eaten before. Yeah, she took the, the sushi piece with her hand and, and put it into... Slammed it. Slammed it into the, the, into the, uh, into the soy, soy sauce. sauce. Yeah. And then she was eating it like by piece. You know, like when you eat sushi, you're supposed to eat the whole piece at once. He was eating like like by piece. And I'm like, oh my God. Oh my God. <laughs> yeah, that was embarrassing. Yeah. Um, but, it, you know, it was done for, for comedy. Yeah, for yeah. For comedy's sake. The next day she sees Paki making sushi. She's watching her him in the front of the restaurant, you know, preparing sushi. Then the owner... Mr. Yoshida shows up and they send her back to the kitchen. They're like, go back, go back. Mr. Shida, Mr. Yoshida's here. So this is when we get introduced to the owner of the restaurant. He, I guess he's like the power figure uh-huh. in the restaurant and for the whole movie. Yeah. He's like representative of the old Japanese way. She takes the initiative in the morning uh, to impress Aki. Uh, she, The next morning she goes in and she makes like some sashimi or something but it's because she have been practicing at home at right. night uh she have been practicing how to make now that she she learned how to do it at, at her job she went home and tried to perfect it how to make the rice how to make how to cut the fish and all that so then that day he she wanted to to show aki that she could do it and that she could help in the help them with the sushi preparation preparation right so so she does this she she makes some stuff for aki in the morning he's impressed he's like wow that's really impressive and then she attempts to suggest that she could work as a sushi chef mm-hmm. and he's like uh-uh this is this is no women can be there this is men only uh if you want to argue with this argue with mr yoshida but this is not the way it's done traditionally it's men only yeah he says something about women can't do it because of their hands their hands uh, 
something yeah, about yeah. their hands or the perfume and things like this and how it affects the sushi food, which is all bullshit. And, and you can tell that he's he's not convinced. He's just saying things to keep to keep tradition going. Uh-huh. But he's not even con- convinced about that. She talks to Aki about a contest. This is when she introduces the idea of the sushi chef contest. And Aki's like, oh, no, that's not for me. That's ridiculous. Like, that, no way. Yeah. Like, he blows it off. Yeah. But you could tell that she's really curious about it, especially because of the money in exactly. the contest. Mr. Yoshida, again, comes through. He's, you know, really strict. Uh, an employee quits at the sushi. And this is a turning point in the movie because it, one of the sushi guys quits and it leaves an opening and it leaves Aki under stress, the head mm-hmm. chef, because now he, he's, he's let one man less. Yeah. She offers to help. He says no, and then she says, "Come on, I could help." And then he, she finally convinces him that she can help make the sushi. He says, "Okay, but only from the kitchen." Because they have like a whole thing where where the sushi chefs they're in the outside of the restaurant, so people can see them preparing their sushi, and then the kitchen employees are inside, so nobody can see them. So that's why he said, "Okay, you can do it, but inside the kitchen." And they have a great day. The two of them between Aki yeah. and Juana, they serve everybody. She kills it. Nobody knows the difference. He's really impressed. End of the day ends beautifully. He offers her a sake toast. He gives her respect. He honors her. He's like, you know, he he gives her a little nickname, like a little ritual uh, sake box cup that they drink out of, and he mm-hmm. honors her with that. But he's not convinced about her being a sushi chef. He's just impressed with her skills. So then the owner goes back. Uh, this is another day and um, the Juana is helping Aki again. And the owner goes into the restaurant and they don't know that the owner is going. Busted. And he asks, like, what are you doing? He sees her uh, making the sushi. And she said, oh, I was just helping. I was just trying to help. They were in stress. They needed my help and all that. And he said, no, uh, you're here to work in the kitchen. You're not here to make sushi, blah, 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 blah. And he and he takes the plate from her and just throws it straight into the garbage. A full plate of sushi. Yeah. <laughs> Fucking dick. <laughs> very, very, very bad. And so obviously she's, obviously she's offended by this and she runs off the next evening. Yeah, in another occasion... Aki needs help. He comes to her. He's like, Juana, I, I need your help. Because Aki, cause now Mr. Yoshida's not around, but Aki knows, the head chef knows that she's helpful. Yeah. So he's like, I, I need help, I need help, come on. And Juana's like, no, no, no. But then she says, okay, fine. So she decides to prepare sushi out front with him, side by side. And yeah. she, she starts preparing the sushi. And then the owner comes in. But, but, okay. So she starts preparing the sushi. And there's a white customer, a white American customer. Yeah. And he's eyeballing her like, what the hell's going on here? He's looking at her. So it's not just Mr. Yoshida. It's this white guy who's the customer looking at, at the situation strange. Like, why am I being served by this? Me- why is this Mexican here? And this Mexican lady making sushi for me. You could see it all over his face. And when Mr. Yoshida shows up. Exactly. He shows up and this white man tells him. Oh, Mr. Yoshida, um, something about the new sushi chef. Yeah. And, and he, knew, he knew he was dropping shade. He was. Yeah. And then Mr. Yoshida was like, oh, no, here, this is all very traditional. I don't know what you're talking about, blah, blah, blah. 
and then he goes back into the kitchen and he talks to her and he said like what are you doing you were outside you're not supposed to be outside that's no place for you you're here to work in the kitchen and in the kitchen is that you have to stay and then he has a very um strict and, and strong conversation with aki which is cool because they speak in japanese so in the in that part they have a conversation in japanese and they have the little subtitles in english yeah and it shows the respect between both of them but at the same time discipline Yeah. There's a respect, but there's a discipline and an understanding of tradition yeah. between the two of them. And in this case, he didn't throw out the food. No. In this case, he said, who made that? He said, oh, Juana. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He said, send it out. Uh-huh. So it shows the slow progression of Mr. Yoshida accepting little by little mm-hmm. her help. Yeah. Although he's not saying it, but little by little, he's taking one step closer, one step closer to accepting her yeah. as a chef. Um. So, needless to say, Juana gives up on all this bullshit mm-hmm. and says, fuck all this shit. And she goes and she auditions for the sushi contest. And this is the, when the, the movie comes to life. Yeah. Uh, she. It's like I don't chef. It's like, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> um, she decides to record her audition video. She purposely records only her hands. She doesn't want to show her herself. Yeah. Because she knows that there'll be some sort of discrimination they're gonna judge her yeah just by looking at her and this is the part when you can really see the dad figure as supportive and like loving and and like after everything he's there to to support her and to give her like advice and yeah yep so she makes uh she has to first make a sushi roll and then she has to make a signature dish Mm -hmm. so she makes her own signature dish And and now the dad likes the sushi because she says that she's making it with chile, and and he's like what? Uh-huh. <laughs> and now he's curious about the sushi and he likes the sushi. She goes back to the restaurant the next day and she sees Mr. Yoshida and she approaches him respectfully. She knows that there's an opportunity for a position. I'd like the position. I'd like to apply for it. He says no. Uh, she said she gives a long speech and I think this is the climax of the movie between the two of them mm-hmm. Mr. Yoshida and, and her where a lot of powerful words are said she says that she wants an opportunity she says behind every great restaurant is great Latinos I don't want to be in the back anymore because she's so frustrated and then she quits because he says no mm-hmm. Um, I think that's really powerful. And I think a lot of us have seen that where a lot of restaurants, an Italian restaurant, a Japanese restaurant, a Chinese restaurant. More here in New York. I think it's more in big cities. Los Angeles, I'm pretty sure that it's the same. I'm sure it's the same thing in Los Angeles. You go to any of these restaurants, an Italian restaurant, uh, you know, a French restaurant, you're going to find Latinos in the the kitchen working. And they are the ones putting all the work in Mm -hmm. and making the thing happen. So... She kind of vocalizes that in, the, in that scene, and I think it's amazing. It's really impressive. Um, but she quits because she says all this stuff. He doesn't react. He's like, go, go try somewhere else. Don't try in my restaurant. Try that somewhere else. And she runs off. She quits. She quits. So they show so images of her going back into cleaning, working. Um, I don't remember if it was in the gym or somewhere else, but she was just cleaning bathrooms and cleaning floors and all that she goes back home after work and the dad um has some good news for her 
Yeah. So she said, I mean, he said, he said, oh, here we got this notarized envelope for you. What? And she opened it and she got into the competition to be in the best sushi chef ever in the world. And but but she's accepted as the name Jay Martinez. Uh-huh. So they don't say Juana. They say Jay Martinez. And that's yeah. a big thing that comes up afterwards. Um, it shows that her father supports her in that scene. He's so motivated to help her. Um she calls Aki and t gives him the good news, the head chef. And then Aki thinks she's crazy. He's like, you're crazy. How can you imagine being in this contest? Mm -hmm. He goes over to her house. Um, and he, they have a nice scene where he's introduced to the family, to the father and the daughter. And Aki gives her, ceremoniously gives her a new knife, a carbon yeah. steel knife. Yeah. In a very cer ceremonial kind of way, you mm -hmm. know, with a lot of respect to the father and everybody and all this stuff. Um, then she returns the favor by taking him out to eat. She said, he says, what are we going to eat? She says, tacos. <laughs> so then they go and they show the, then the Mexican tradition of eating tacos, what type of tacos, um, they go to a taco car and they have fish tacos, lengua tacos, uh, Todo tacos, carnita tacos, everything. And they eat and they're laughing and everything's very sweet, very nice. And then the competition is here. So they're yes. going into um, the competition. So it's Juana, her dad, and her daughter. And when they get into the reception, Juana says, uh, I'm here for the competition, for the shooting. And she, the receptionist says, but who who's the one that is in in the competition? And Juana says, "Well, it's me." And then the receptionist <laughs> is like, "How? How is it you?" And then Juana shows her acceptance letter, and then by almost a little bit, she was not going to be able to participate. But they say, "Let her participate. Maybe she's not gonna win anyway. So just let it be." Yeah. So, so she, she gets to be on. She has her bandana on. She's got her chef's outfit. They announced that every chef has a great assistant. And who's her assistant? Her dad. What? Awesome scene. I think that's a beautiful scene. That starts to... This is heading towards the end. And you start to feel this bond between the father and the daughter. Yeah. Rekindling of a bond. Because you know they were always tight. Yeah. But you got the impression at the beginning of the movie that they were kind of distancing. Yeah, yeah. But here you see them coming back together again. A rekindling of the bond between father and daughter he's there for her he's her backup and and you can tell that she's not like daddy's little girl mm -hmm. she is a powerful woman and she's just behind her is a powerful man yeah um true so they they have the contest um aki and the crew back in the restaurant are watching the, uh, the contest. The contest, which is hilarious. Yeah. It's, that's a great... That starts to build up the excitement towards the end. Yeah. This is the end of the movie, and this starts to build up the excitement. Um, she passes the first stage. Yeah. And I was like, yes. You know, she gets in. <laughs> uh, she takes... Then she got a, a second test. is the cucumber cutting test. And, and that's why it was important for her to learn the cucumber skills at the beginning. And to get the new knife from Aki. Because... 
Now she slices she, perfectly, yeah. and she is the first place person in that second part of the contest. Yeah. And Aki's really excited. Yeah. And then Mr. Yoshida shows up. Yeah, Mr. Yoshida. And he's like, "What's like, going what on?" It's like, "What is this? What is that?" And then Aki says, "Oh, it's that Juana. She's in that sushi competition." And then he's like, "A, a great sushi chef is not made by being on TV shows." But he stays there and he's looking from the side eye. Yeah. And he's watching. Um, so the last part of the, of the contest, you got to make a signature platter. And obviously, this is where Juana is going to shine. So Juana makes green Diablo roll. The green Diablo roll is with... Uh, poblano peppers. The poblano peppers is used as basically like the, the... The seaweed. The seaweed that they use to create the sushi. And then they had to use uh, king salmon. And yeah, and so then she made her own style her own version of that with with the king salmon and the poblano pepper and they go through all the contestants there's there's four contestants in the last the last four and you can tell that the they make a point to, sh to describe what all the sushi rolls contain the ingredients yeah. and they all sound the same except yeah. for hers hers stands out so you know that it's like wow that's a standout dish she should have won that stage yeah but spoilers <laughs> the winners are number four Kim, number three, Yatamoto, number two, Martinez, and then number one, Watanabe. So the no, the number one winner is Watanabe. Martinez, Juana takes number two. Watanabe made some Golden Gate roll, which was like a sculptural thing with some freaking dried ice for smoke. Yeah. Um, basically, the basic ingredients of every sushi roll. It's just that he turned it and made it look like a like a little bridge so it was like the, more they were putting more attention to the presentation instead of the ingredients and in the, the plate correct so they give the grand prize to watanabe the other guy and back in the restaurant aki and yoshimoto are like looking at this and they're like wow aki the, the, yeah he he sighed he's, he's like, like oh. Upset. He, oh he belts God. out a, a big sigh and he's like why And he walks away because he knows that she was robbed of yeah. her first place yeah, yeah, yeah. opportunity. Um, even even Yoshida, Mr. Yoshida is disappointed yeah. that she was robbed. He, he puts his head down. He's sympathetic. And he's like looking away. He's embarrassed. You could see that he's embarrassed because he did what the judges did to her. He did the same thing uh -huh. in judging her the wrong way. Yeah. Um, and not uplifting her. Not giving her the opportunity. Yeah. Um, so you... you uh, That's the end of the movie. You, uh, no, then we I'm, got the last scene. Exactly. We go straight to the last scene. So she goes away. She's disappointed. She's crying. Exactly. She goes home. All that stuff. But then we cut to the final scene. Yeah. And the final scene is where you get all the feels, right? Yeah. This is where you have a scene where you have Mr. Yoshida eating at, at his restaurant. Mm -hmm. Being served by who? By Juana. And she's dressed in full sushi. Sushi chef outfit. Uh -huh. And she's making the sushi, and then it's very sweet because Mr. Yoshida, um, they have like a tradition where the customer will tell the chef to have some sake. So Mr. Yoshida said, some cold sake for the chef. And then she pulls out the, the sake and her little cup, and she has uh, like a little shot, and then also... They show that in the restaurant there's her daughter playing with Aki and her dad in the same table. So 
everybody is happy and then also on the menu they show the specials and they show her signature rolls being served at the restaurant and mr yoshida asks for the signature roll yeah which is like a big honor it's like wow he's like accepting her as a chef and that her dish is part of his menu now yeah and uh yeah and that's that's where you get all the feels that's where you get all the uh the diablo the green diablo roll is up on the wall uh-huh um i think the movie was great yeah now thinking about great? it i think it's great because how many movies can you really summarize like that and say it has it has an emotional beat at the end it has a purpose it has me there's a reason for this movie to exist yeah so i think that defines a great movie it, it has a it has a reason to exist yeah it's not a great movie as a filmmaker because there's there's some errors here and there and things that could have been fixed yeah, yeah, yeah but i think it's an important movie i think it's it is i mean it shows also because the conflict here it was that she was already a great chef and this uh, there's a scene where they're talking about this right the father's like why don't you just go join a restaurant you're already a great chef what's no, wrong with you I, no why don't you become a great mexican oh, chef and correct. she said because i'm already a great mexican chef that's the point right and i think that that's important because sometimes um traditions and customs and things that we do put us in in like a box where we don't see how to get more creative or imagine different things or work in different environments but i feel like it teaches teaches that you have to do it on your own you have to educate yourself even when others they don't want to educate you and you want you have to get the answers for yourself and then you can prove them wrong at the end and i think i think it's a story about family yeah like like we pointed out the father and the daughter and then the granddaughter her yeah. daughter their bond through, yeah, yeah. through this process yeah at the end you you feel that mr yoshida and the aki yeah became family with her yeah yeah there's a lot of elements there that that ring mm-hmm. ring true and and ring true for latin culture yeah I wonder if a Japanese viewer would feel the same way about the movie or if they would feel like Japanese culture wasn't represented enough properly. Right. But I think I think uh I think it represents cultural mixture pretty well. Yeah. But yes, yeah, so Definitely. It's recommended on my end. I don't know about you. Yeah, it is. It is. I mean, it's just that I'm watching it now because I was trying to watch it in a critical with a critical eye. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, yeah, this scene is too much. Yeah, maybe you can cut this. But it is a nice story for like I said for people to see a different perspective of somebody that works maybe in a restaurant and how they might feel. And also it shows a reality and it's what she says, there's a lot of Latinos working in the back and we don't get the recognition that we sh- we should and we're the one making the food and you guys are the are the ones getting all the the awards and and the the, the good word yeah and the praise and everything in the, in the... yeah so so it is a good movie you guys should check it out you wanted me to teach you right street reality habla habla en español 
Ok, hablando español. Dime. Uh, crew. How do you say crew in Spanish? Crew. Okay, so crew is a word that I never really knew. I kind of first started he hearing the word in Spanish from Puerto Rican friends, and the word I know is corillo. 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 Where does that come from? Where does corillo come from? I have from? no idea, but yeah, it means like my mi corillo is like yeah, it's like my crew, like the people that are down for me or with me and all that. But corillo. Th but corillo is not used in all Latin America. Like right. I feel like there's different names for crews. Okay. So, <laughs> corillo. <laughs> uh, but a crew can also be a tripulación, which what the hell is, is that? which is if you're part of, let's say, if you work in in a ship. Oh, okay. That's a tripulation. So technically, a crew is <laughs> tripulación. It can also be un equipo. Equipo. And it can also be una pandilla o ganga. Pandilla ganga. Uh huh. Okay. Next one. Let's Support. Go. Support. Support is difficult for me. Support. I want to say soportar, but... <laughs> no. I mean, it has to be with it. Pero no, no. All right, so how do you say support? Apoyo. Apoyo. I always forget that. Yeah. Apoyo. Apoyar. Apoyar. Apoyo. Okay. Support. Okay. Next one, philosophical. Philosophical. Filosófico. Yes. Yes, you know how I do. Next one. Rice. Rice. Easy. Arroz. Arrocito. A mí me encanta el arroz. Oh, you love arroz. Arrocito para el sushi. Next one. Chef. Chef is... Cocinero. Oh, you know that one. I know that one, but I felt like... There should be a better word for that because cocinero is just a person who's cooking. But yeah. a chef is like a little more like a prestige to it. Un cocinero profesional. Yeah. All right. Cocinero. Chef. Okay. Next one is contest. Contest always throws me off because I want to say contesto. <laughs> the contesto is like answering. Exactly. <laughs> no. Um, contest is Com competición casi competencia competencia sounds like competence yeah competencia yeah is a contest yeah got it tradition how do you say tradition tradition is tradición yes got it next one customs yes. customs that one I don't know Customs. Customs. Wait. Costumbres. Yeah. yeah. Costumbres. 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 Customs. Got it. See, anyway. <laughs> I'm not that bad. Next one. Yes. Knife. Knife. Cuchillo. Yes. Got it. Next one. But, but knife. What? Knife. If you're talking about cooking, is cuchillo. But if you're talking about a knife, what's a navaja? Una navaja o una cuchilla. I think it's also a knife. 
But that's like a different kind of knife. It's a different kind of knife. So cuchillo is specifically for cooking. For cooking. Yeah. And then una navaja is like a switchblade. Uh-huh. Yeah. A navaja is a switchblade. Like Pedro Navaja. Everybody knows Pedro Navaja. Da, 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 da. Um, navaja, cuchillo. Yeah. Got it? Got it. Okay. So next one is dinner. How do you say dinner? Dinner. I think we've mentioned this one before. And I got it wrong. Let's see if I learned. Dinner is cena. Yes. Yes. Last time I got it wrong. Wow. Dinner, because dinner always makes you think of comida. Uh-huh. Um, vamos a comer, o venga a la casa para la comida, sí. meaning like the dinner. Yeah. But comida just means food. Yeah. But sometimes we use that word like that. But yeah. cena, cena makes... Is the real, the real definition. Yeah. Translation. And the <laughs> last one... Yes. Is... Yes. Fish. Pescado. Now, what about all the different fish that they were talking about? The the tuna, the oh, this, claro. that. But there's no. It's the same words. Tuna is tuna. Salmon is salmon. I always get thrown. You know, people people the translation from Spanish to English on salmon is that one's tricky. Why? Because, all right, this I'll teach you this now. But I, I still fall for it. So I, when it's salmon, I say sal, salmon. Uh-huh. Como salmon. Uh-huh. Right? But it's not salmon. It's salmon. What? They drop the L in English. What the hell? Yeah. When, you, when you're ordering... And they say that it's so easy to speak English. No, it's not. <laughs> no, I, I still fall for that. Um, I say salmon. Salmon. Sal, salmon. Yeah. No, it's not like that. It's pues, ¿para qué está la L ahí? Salmon. Uh, salmon. <laughs> Suena como salmon. I know. But it's salmon. Salmon. Sa- salmon. Ah, pues dame un salmon. Ah, Carla, te vas a burlar. Búrate los gringos. Dale, búrate, búrate. All right, so yeah, salmon is... Salmon is salmon, which is... Salmon. Salmon. Which is salmon. Wow. <laughs> Alright, another episode in the bag. Yeah! A live episode on top of that. I know. Thank you, everybody, that joining us um, into our live episode. It was great. It was like a, a throwback to the live stream days. It was really cool. Yeah. And then thank you guys for listening to our review. I think they're fun. Carla is skeptical. <laughs> I just want, I want some feedback. Let us know if you understand what we're talking about. In the movie reviews. <laughs> I, I, listen, I, I think uh, the reviews go long, obviously, but I think it's fun. It's enjoyable to review, to think about the movie, go through scene by scene, dissect yeah. it. And I think by the end, you get a better understanding of what it is. And I think, I don't know, I think some of the people out there might get curious about the movie. Yeah, that's what I like. I, I mean, that's what I, I'm hoping with the movie reviews that people can get into watching different movies that maybe they they didn't saw online or they didn't thought of because these movies are really like indie movies and stuff like that so yeah. all right it's so okay <laughs> next episode episode 25 yes is gonna be gouache versus acrylic versus oil 
I'm going to be talking about the different mediums that I use to paint, um, what is the challenges in using them, and I'll maybe show examples. I think we might try to do another live. We'll see. Let's do another live. Well, on Culture Talk, we're going to be reviewing the movie Chrono Crimenes. And at the end, Hablando Español. See you guys next week.